Radical. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. Each week, join the gnarly Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the totally tubular tools, advice, and strategies you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's totally tubular show. Hey, everybody, welcome to the first fresh content edition of the Print on Demand cast for 2023. Last week, I was uh, I was stranded in uh, the great white <laughs> north that I'm going to call Wyoming. Uh, but this week, we're here. We're back. A new episode, new content. Uh, Travis, good to see you again, my friend. How was your New Year's? Did you guys do anything fun and crazy? Or, I mean, I know, you know, the, the, the first was on a Sunday. So if you mm-hmm. there's those of you that had church probably didn't get too rowdy, but how was your weekend, <laughs> New Year's weekend? And, uh, and, uh, yeah, how did it all go? Yeah, we definitely chilled out, uh, on the New Year's Eve weekend. Just, um, we were still decompressing, uh, from, um, Christmas, Christmas, yeah, yeah, before and all the craziness. And, you know, we, we shared a little bit a couple episodes ago about how, um, I hadn't really had a time, hadn't had, a lot of time to reflect and mm-hmm. it was really interesting because we um I de- did actually go to church um and it just so happened i mean it's kind of the quintessential beginning of the year uh um sermon or you know but it was it was more of a it was more of a couple of exercises that we did kind of as a as a church family and it was really focused on taking a minute to reflect on 2022 and and seeing yeah. things through, uh, you know, a different lens, a different perspective, like we talked about it. So it was really interesting. And, and, um, it actually helped me a lot because it gave me, um, you know, a little bit of incentive to actually reflect and look at 2022 and also think about 2023. So, um, so yeah. And then the rest of the weekend was just kind of hanging out with the family and yeah. doing absolutely nothing because we didn't have <laughs> anything to do. It was great. I loved sure. it and would love to, probably need another weekend like that you know yeah <laughs> i'm honest just, yeah just a, a weekend to just chill out and yeah. not have any real pressing agenda so yeah. right but you were up in wyoming um as as you've got the yellowstone hat on yeah even. yeah so, i mean that's a little <laughs> bit further north but you know the train yeah. station is in wyoming so it sure um, is it's, hopefully uh, you didn't go there no, no i i avoided the, the train <laughs> station thankfully um, but yeah, Wyoming was, was good. Uh, what left, um, Wednesday evening with intentions of coming back Monday, but the snowstorm hit and it was like, it, it, we knew there was going to be a storm, but it was mm-hmm. like record setting levels. Uh, wow. just people getting stuck. My sister who has like a four wheel drive Tahoe, um, who drove up from Alabama, she was there with her boyfriend and they got stuck in that car like that's how much snow was on the ground and it was just that's ridiculous but other than that man it it was it was good um it got a little bit like groundhog's day for me uh because Mm -hmm. being there for seven days it was like the first night got there you know and my family is is hyper nocturnal creatures so for the first night, I stayed up till four o'clock. Second night, four thirty. Third oh night, four o'clock. <laughs> fifth night, three thirty. New Year's Eve, three o'clock. So I mean, I didn't go to bed. I I'd be up at nine thirty, having coffee with everybody in the morning, going to breakfast. You know, it's just how my family operates, and it's wow. really easy for me to slip back into that kind of um, uh, uh, rhythm, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. So 
my sleep schedule when I got back was completely ruined, but uh, it was, it did get a little like repetitive. It was like, wake up, have some, eat some breakfast, have some coffee, watch movies, play games. So there's football. Let's watch football. All right, sweet. Let's watch another movie. Let's play more games. All right. All right. All right good night. Wake up in the morning. Hey, we should have some coffee, eat some breakfast, watch some movies, play some games. Is there football? Let's watch football. I mean, it was just the same thing on repeat. So about Monday, Tuesday, I was like in this space of like, I have to get back to my normal rhythms because I'm falling <laughs> apart. I need to get out of here. I love my family to death, but I got to go home. So head back, headed back, headed up Wednesday and uh, was smart to stay those extra two days because there were a couple instances where I almost made it to the train station, if you understand the reference, because the road was so slick. So it was uh, it was a little bit sketchy even on the way back. But all told, man, it was good to be with family and kind of the same thing where nothing to do just hang out and watch movies and yeah that's you know, great do that so it was a good time um yeah so the new year seems to have brought some a lot of excitement everyone's always excited for a new year new me you know that that whole thing but mm-hmm. you had something exciting happen uh this week that we're going to use for this week's point of interest We haven't used that one in a while. That's nice. It's always, it is. always a good touch. So this week, you had an article be released. You were going to show some of the video of you flipping through the said article mm-hmm. uh, that is the you know in-hand print version. But for those of you that are wondering, and you or maybe you don't have the the uh, the access to the magazine, you can actually find it. We posted it in our Facebook group. There's a digital version right here. Yeah. So, Travis, tell us a little bit about how in the world this came to be uh, and what the process was and, you know, just Mm -hmm. kind of front to finish what that was like uh, and how it feels to to be, I guess, a published author, as it were. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, yeah, it is. It is cool. I'm very thankful. But um, so back in. Back last year, you were you and myself and Tate, we our production manager, we all went to um, a Graphics Pro Expo here in Denver, and it was a pretty small show. Um, as far as the Graphics Pro shows go, it's actually their smallest show. But while we were there, Tate actually won tickets, hockey tickets, That's right. to an avalanche game. That. Yeah, and it was just random, and so we had to go and talk to you know the Graphics Pro people and get the tickets and you know, say, Hey, we're here. We want the tickets. Um, and when we did, we, I, I didn't realize this, but we found out that graphics pros actually, um, their headquarters, their like local nation national headquarters is like one, uh, one city over it's in Westminster. We're in Broomfield. It's like, yeah, we're, we border each other really close, probably, probably 10 minutes from like where I'm sitting right now is where their headquarters is. Um, so Anyway, we got to talking and uh, they came over to our shop and, you know, we did like a little tour and I showed them around. And as we were talking, um, you know, we talked about I I got to go on their podcast. Um, They have a a weekly or biweekly podcast that I I was on a while back. And while we were talking, they were like, hey, would you 
also like to write for our magazine um, or submit something at least. And uh, so I said, I said, sure. And so this actual article that you're, uh, that was printed is all about, it's more directed to people who have a print shop already and they're not doing print on demand. And it's kind of hoping, uh, trying to open their eyes to what print on demand is. It's, it's very similar. Um, we'll be in uh, Long Beach for the ISS show next week, um, towards the end mm-hmm. of the week. And it's, it's very similar to the talk that I'm going to actually give, um, because that's the audience, you know, it's the, the audience is people who already have print shops or they wouldn't be at ISS or they wouldn't be getting this magazine, you know? And sure. so I'm just trying to open their eyes to the idea of, you know, the potential that there is with print on demand. And, um, so yeah, it was really, really flattering, you know, to be asked to do that. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it feels pretty cool when you see your little picture up there and, you know, and it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, other people are seeing that and reading it. And, um, I've already been asked to do another article, I think in March or April. Um, nice. and, uh, yeah, I'll probably be doing that, you know, every few months, um, for the foreseeable future. So really thankful to graphics pro. We actually really need to get one of their, you know, one or two of their people on the show and, yeah. um, that's my bad because they had me on their show and now it's their turn and <laughs> I've dropped the ball. Return the favor. Exactly. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So again, it's in our Facebook group. If you guys want to go see and read the digital version, you can find that printodemandcast.com slash Facebook is where you can go to, to check that out, scroll through, see what Travis had to say and uh, let us know what you guys think of the article comment on the post or let us know in a separate post in the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. We'd love to, have you guys peruse it? Check it out. <laughs> I, I would say one more thing too. If if you're interested in that magazine, I think it. I don't know that you have to. It's not you know. I don't have a subscription to it. They just send it to me because I probably signed sure. up at a at a show or something like that. So right. if you're interested, you, I'm sure you can get a you know an actual copy. Uh, maybe not of this magazine, but you can get on their subscription list and get a magazine every month. And they have all kinds of really cool things in that magazine. Yeah. It's a very, it's always fun when I get it. I do kind of leaf through it and um, maybe read an article or two. And um, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I know maybe some people are more digital, but I'm kind of old school. I like holding something in my hand. Um, but yeah, that that magazine is highly recommended. Graphics Pro Magazine. Um, yeah. If you're looking for something like that. And, I, and again, I think it's free if you just go on their website and ask for it. Awesome. Yeah. So avail yourself of that as well if you guys want the hard copy. Um, but yeah, like Travis said, I, I do remember getting those and you want to leaf through it because they've always got something cool, something that you might not have known before. So uh, with that being said, we're going to transition into this week's main event. Main event, who's calling? I don't know why I pitched my voice that way. Main event... Instead of, yeah, it was weird. Uh, It was like almost an incomplete thought. Anyway, this week we are going to touch on something that we have touched on before. But the title of this week's main event uh, is 11 Things I Wish I Knew When I Started POD. Now, hold on, folks. I know you're thinking, is this going to be a Lord of the Rings length series saga? 11 (laughs) things with the way these two men talk and their long windedness. Uh, no, we've already touched on six of these before in episode 48. So go avail yourself of that. 
hear what we had to say about the those first six items. We're going to touch on them as briefly as humanly possible for Travis and I. No promises. Um, it's, if it's you guys, still going to take a while. If you guys are coming to Long Beach <laughs> and you want to go out and hang out and like we're worse in person, especially when there's beverages flowing and we're just having a good time. <laughs> so uh, you'll learn all you need to know about he and I as individuals if we just hang out. Uh, you might have to slap us and, and tell us to stop talking. Um, anyway, the first six. Uh, number one was treat it like a business before it becomes one. And mm -hmm. I, I think that is super important because even if it is something you're doing just for side income, you got to kind of treat it and structure it like it's it's a business if you even want your side yeah. income, your side hustle to be successful. Yeah, we've talked about this a bunch, you know. Um, you know, it's it's important that you treat it like a business. Go get your you know, EIN, don't don't use your personal banking, you know, or your personal checking account. Get get a business checking account, you know, figure out what it means to actually be a business in your state and yeah. um treat it like that because if it does grow, you're you're going to have to figure all that out later and mm -hmm. probably switch a bunch of stuff, which is never fun. Gonna, so just do it yeah, from do it from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You you know, right, Josiah? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks when you retroactively have to do all of those things. So, uh <laughs> number 2 is another thing that uh, you know, I learned the hard way as well is SKUs are important. Um, they are. you know, how to name them, having a strategy of how you name them is important. And they're important because if you want to, you know, expand onto different platforms and you want to, you know, move your product on other places besides Amazon and Walmart, it's good to have a spreadsheet laid out of your SKUs because most of these platforms can use flat files and mm -hmm. most of them use SKUs to identify what exactly is being sold. And even for your own knowledge even if you don't have plans to to expand it's good to just have a spreadsheet of these SKUs so you know what's being offered you know i know like uncle mike has stuff that on some accounts he'll just cycle through some listings are away for a bit some listings go back and so mm -hmm. without SKUs to to organize that it's got to be miserable it is miserable i know <laughs> yeah and not only SKUs, i mean kind of sub point b is like your print files um, yeah. And I like to use the SKU kind of as the name of the print file. So I know what's what it's, yeah. it's very, that that's an easy way to get away with it. Yep. Um, but you don't want to be searching for, you know, astronaut uh, on the moon dot PNG when that particular t-shirt <laughs> sells, you know, yeah. yep. <laughs> um, because eventually, you know, maybe you have 10 shirts that are somewhat related to an astronaut on, you know, in outer space or whatever, yeah. and trying to organize all that or figure all that out and search Dropbox folders. And, um, it becomes nightmarish, but if you can just go directly to a specific, you see the SKU that sold on the platform and you can open that up in your, you know, by searching that particular, uh, string of letters and numbers, and it pops right up with your art file. It makes yep. it a heck of a lot easier. And you'll be glad that you do that earlier than later because yes. later you're going to have more to do yep. because you're going to keep adding designs, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. So Doing all of that retroactively is the worst idea possible. And if you need more testaments to that fact, uh, message me on any social media platform <laughs> you find me on. <laughs> I'll be happy to talk to you. Uh, number three was <laughs> samples matter. Uh, you know, I think we, we touched on this primarily because when you're, especially when you're doing drop shipping, if you're not doing production in-house 
Um, mm-hmm. It's good to know and see one, just the quality of what you're sending out. You don't want to send something mm-hmm. that's going to be subpar. Um, if you find a you know a, a fulfillment pro- partner, you're like, well, these prices are really cheap. I want, wow, it's great. I'm just going to go with them, and you don't get samples. There might be a reason that they're cheap <laughs> it's because they're poorly made. Um, but aside from that, too, I think was uh, just to be able to speak intelligently about your product mm-hmm. to your followers, to your customer base, if they have questions or if you're trying to actively promote and sell. It's just good to have those. Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of allowing your supplier to kind of put their money where their mouth is. You you know, this particular supplier says that they can do this thing. Well, let's see. And let's see what the quality is. Let's see what the shipping time is. You know, yeah. if you, um, you know, you order this thing and it comes four weeks later, that's probably not the best look for your fulfillment company or your print on demand company. So you might not yeah. want to use them. So yeah. there's a lot of factors that you can figure out. Um, just by getting some samples, it's not just about quality. It's about maybe you can, um, open up a support case and see how fast they answer you, you know, just really kind of test the waters. Um, so it's not just samples of the product, it's samples of the company that you're intending to, to work with. It's just testing them out in as many ways as you possibly can. So you know what you're getting at the end of the day. Yeah. I think it's important to remember too. I think as much as you are shopping, I guess, let me rephrase it. As much as you're trying to make sure that you're a good fit for the supplier, you also need to make sure that the supplier is a good fit for you. Like, don't be afraid to vet them and put them through, you know, like procedures. Like if, if they vet you, they ask you questions, you know, this is assuming you have contact to like, let's say I make your mark design. You're having, I've had conversations with people where I'm asking them questions. Your, who's your mm-hmm. followers? And then I fully expect them to say, well, what's the quality? What's the turnaround time? I need some samples. Let me see. Because you just want to make sure it's mutually a good fit for right. both parties that are involved. Totally. Um, the, ne- the next one, number four, was consider bringing things in-house when volume justifies. I think one of the coolest things about print-on-demand is that you can use it as proof of concept, as what is actually working. Mm-hmm. And so if there is something that's just skyrocketing a particular coffee mug, let's say, it, you know, you're just selling it by the the caseloads. Well, maybe it's time to maybe cut the middleman out and make more money for yourself, knowing that that particular design mm-hmm. or product is selling well. Kind of hedges your bets. Yeah, and you don't have to bring everything in house. Maybe right. you're selling T-shirts and you know tote bags and you know jewelry and wall art and and coffee mugs. And yeah. you you know coffee mugs are really easy to do. You're on your own. Um, and if you could figure out a way to just drop ship the stuff that you don't want to spend a ton of money on machines to do and, you know, um, and, but you have the, the time or somebody in your family maybe has the time to fulfill the orders for the things that you can get started for an inexpensive amount of money, it can really pay off in the end. And who knows, maybe five years down the line, you're you know, sitting in a dark office recording a podcast because you <laughs> folded in uh, and did buy all the machines <laughs> for yeah. all of your products. <laughs> yeah, could happen. You're still uh, hoping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Some days. <laughs> yeah. No, number five. Uh, other POD sellers are not competition. Uh, I think that's one thing that's important to keep in mind, and and it's <laughs> it's weird. I mean, if we thought other POD sellers were competition, we wouldn't be sitting in a dark office making this podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah, we so, would be sharing this information with you guys. We'd be trying to hoard it and hide it and uh, keep it behind a paywall and, you know, 
yeah. <laughs> all of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, knowledge is, 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 is one thing it's great to have, but then it's, it's the implementation, it's the doing something. And unfortunately, statistically in, in these kinds of situations, um, giving people knowledge isn't enough for them to take action. And so not everyone's competition. And, and, and not only that, you could find some pretty really nice, um, relationships that they are forged if someone does something that you don't offer if there's if you do have production in-house maybe they have embroidery mm -hmm. and you don't and you and they don't have dtg vice versa whatever you can have a really nice um mutually beneficial relationship that stemmed out of that but you won't know that if you are shunning people out just because they happen to also be in the print industry or also do print on demand yeah um i mean i can't tell you how many um printers just locally uh, that we have used to help us do larger orders or yeah. you know, screen printed orders or, you know, yep. things like that. And they have also sent us business because somebody comes in and they want, you know, 10 or 20 things right. that screen printer may not want to mess with that, you know, or, or they have a, a full color face, you know, on, on a, on an image or on a shirt or something, they're not going to want to do that for 20 pieces, right. but it's nothing to us because it's all digital here. So there is a, a mutual uh, benefit to networking and, you know, not necessarily keeping your cards close to the vest. Sure. You know, it's, it's definitely, uh, we, you know, it's that whole idea of a rising tide lifts all boats. Yep. And if we can share something with you, um, maybe you're going to share something with us, uh, that's going to yeah. help us in the future. And so definitely, um, a mindset shift. Sure. Uh, for me personally, cause when I came into this, um, way back when I think I was a little bit more, uh, guarded and, um, wasn't sure what to expect, but as I've, you know, as we've had this community, the print on demand community, as I, you know, gotten networked with other printers in our local area, it's obvious that there's some good people in this industry yeah. and they just want to help. And it's been fun. It's been a fun experience to have a community built around a common interest. Um, and you know, hell even having a podcast about it, it's been a blast too. <laughs> sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And number six is keep your sales funnel filled. Uh, keep fishing. Uh, mm -hmm. as, I guess, primarily would be for those at least in in my initial thoughts of when we spoke about this probably has to if you're if you're trying to land clients and and make their merchandise and or you know sell their merch or help them monetize mm -hmm. whether you're using a dropship provider to do so whether you have it in house um i i can tell you from from years of experience that uh you can't one big fish account is great, but it's so it's season it's seasonal. There's ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. you, social media, uh, their account could be suspended tomorrow. I mean, you never know really right. what's going to happen. And in my experience, it always seems to be you know when you get a client that has decent size in 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 following and is are good marketers, which are few and far between. In, influencers <laughs> aren't always marketers, which is kind of funny. But the first two, three weeks, gangbusters, and then they're out of ideas. They don't know how yeah. to sell again. And so you're back to square one 
of of casting that line out again and trying to find another one of those or four more of mm -hmm. those to happen simultaneously. So you always have to be propositioning and 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 soliciting business if that's the model that you're choosing to go down. Right. I think the uh, the six B um, on this one could also be if you if you're not soliciting others and you're not doing what you just said and you're just drop shipping or selling on channels. I would think that keeping the sales funnel filled would it would also um, require you to have some type of a design schedule. Sure. So as holidays and special times of year come up, you have products yeah. that you've previously researched that have gone down, gone through the pipeline, have been, you know, the mock-ups have been made, the descriptions have been written, the titles, all of those things, and they're actually available so you're constantly ahead of the curve. You're keeping your product pipeline uh, filled um, right. as you're going up throughout the year. So that's kind of a a six B, sure, um, if you will, for uh, for our drop shipper friends. Yeah, that yeah, that's awesome. So, folks, we made it through the recap in under twenty minutes. So let's all just celebrate. That is a victory. Nice. Here are the 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 next six or seven. We said eleven. I'm lying. Here's the next five. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what is happening right now. Um, so okay. So the first one mm -hmm. would be know your numbers. And Travis, I know this is something that you have you really focused on in 2022 like q1 of 2022 mm -hmm. so you know when you say know your numbers why do you wish you would have known that you know there's different products have different margins which you don't really think about when you're entering in you just think everything is going to make you 15 bucks a pop or whatever uh yeah. so yeah talk a little bit more uh about that yeah i, I mean the obvious hmm, there's so much this is this is a whole show in in and of itself, in my opinion. Um, you're right. Like in Q1 of last year, we really did focus a lot on our numbers and tried to figure out like how much time does it take to make this product versus this product versus this product? And, yeah. and, and how does that factor in with labor costs? And how can we bake all of that into a true cost of goods? Um, so then we can say, okay, if we sell it for this, then this is our, our profit margin. Yeah. And, and like you just said, different products are going to have different product margins. And even um, where you sell those things can potentially have different product margins because maybe you can't charge as much on eBay as you can on Etsy, yeah. or you can't charge as much on Walmart as you can charge on Amazon. And so your margins reflect that. Then of course, you've got the post office that continues to raise their rates, you know? And yeah. so the cost of actually delivering your product to your customer continues to go up and you have to take that into consideration. There's just so many things. So I said, I, we began back in Q1 of 2022, really digging into this. Um, I'm still in the middle of digging <laughs> into this. Um, we have a lot of work done and we, that all of that work is now informing kind of the second layer of um, knowing our numbers, if you will. We're trying to expand it to where 
um, we know down to the order how much we actually made on a particular order. Sure. Um, we're looking at you know all of our um, all of our costs to operate this facility. Um, you know, kind of the fixed costs like rent and utilities yeah. and things like that. And that can be broken down to a per square foot basis. I mean, there's so much you can do when you have data. Um, and so I know this is kind of a, this is a very, very brief overview, but um, <laughs> we are still in the middle of really breaking this down, not just by product, but by channel, yeah. um, by department. So we, we, we want to have like a, a 40,000 foot view, a 10,000 foot view, a 1,000 foot view, and then a 10 foot view. If, sure. If that makes sense, you know, and have all of these different ways to zoom in um, on our numbers because like the numbers are the business. It, I yeah. mean, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. If you ever watch Shark Tank, you know it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Mr. Wonderful is always saying, you know, he's going to kill you if you don't know your numbers. <laughs> and, and there's a reason for that because it's, it's probably one of the most important things in business. And so, um, you take all of that stuff and then that becomes your pricing model. That's, yeah. that's what you base your prices on. Not what that store over there is selling for that store sure. over there. You base it on your numbers and what you need to make to keep the lights on, so to speak. Um, and you know, if this is a side hustle, maybe that's not as quite, quite as important to you. I mean, this is my livelihood, you know, sure. it's how I feed my family. So it's very important. So yeah. maybe that factors in, but really, um, <laughs> if you want to scale this thing, if you want it to grow to a place where perhaps you can do this full time, you need to know your numbers. And you need to know them now because later it's going to be even more difficult. And I am, I attest to that because we waited to really, really know them. Um, yeah. And now it's taken, you know, we're in, this is year one. <laughs> we're coming into year two yeah. of putting all of this into place and, and really understanding this. I, I can't stress it enough. It's, it's kind of like that whole, getting organized, skew structure, being a business, all of that. It's, it's just as important as yep. all of that. Um, it can be overwhelming, but you owe it to yourself and to your business to put the hard work in or hire somebody that can put the hard work in. Yeah. I did. I hired some. Yeah. Doing yeah. Super cool things for us. <laughs> Speaking of hiring, that kind of is a, is a good segue into number two uh, here of things you wish we wish we knew hire slowly fire quickly uh and that's i mean whether you're drop shipping and you have vas whether you are hiring mm -hmm. production help um something that i know travis and i can both attest to because both of us have had to hire and have had to fire people um in mm -hmm. our in our you know tenure in in print on demand but i i think uh, you know, the misnomer here is uh, some, sometimes what you find even even in, uh, you know, the church background that you and I both come from is it's a warm body who can be present. So <laughs> fill yep. the need. <laughs> you know what I mean? 100%. Like, we just need somebody and they may not be the best or the qualified, but hey, it fills, it checks the box, fills a position. 
but what happens when you when you don't take the time to vet people uh you and it ends up really costing you productivity which it ends up costing you money in the end and i think there's a hesitancy to also fire quickly if you the minute you know this isn't working you should probably just pull that trigger i know there's this tendency to fall in love mm. with potential um but <laughs> yeah most you know which is also you know advice i've given to my nieces and nephews of like don't fall in love with potential because you you're going to spend a long time hoping that that potential manifests and who knows how long that's going to take <laughs> so right. you, yeah you just have to act quickly when you know like this just isn't isn't a fit yeah and i'm i'm horrible at this i'm horrible well i, I think i think this. you and i both you know at least on the fire quickly side we always want to i think our our default is just to give people the benefit give them a second chance yeah, hey we exactly. get it you're new benefit of the doubt we you and i are 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 both naturally very friendly and relational people and so it is hard for i can see where it would be hard to just separate yourself from that side of yourself and just be the analytical person that's like right. you're great you're great as a person i enjoy you around but you're killing me <laughs> you're yeah. killing my business yeah even even on the hiring side you know it was always great to have um, other people in that process because i'm like this person's wonderful. I yeah. I see no problems with this person. They're probably yeah. gonna work for me for twenty years. You know. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then yeah. and then you know, Amy or you know my former operations manager or, mm -hmm. or Mike, if he when he was helping us out, you know, he'd be like, "Well, did you see? They had a gun." Or no, no, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> uh, it's just something that they would pick up on that I wouldn't necessarily have picked up on. I'm like, huh? Yeah, I sure. can see that. And it's also helped me get better at the interviewing process because sure. I, I, I've learned a lot because I've had to, you know, yep. go through a lot of people. Um, and yeah, to your point, firing them sucks. That's so yeah, hard. It's, it's not, it's you not. You want to wait. You want to <laughs> give them time. You want to give them a chance. I mean, we had, yeah, yeah I've had multiple people that just, uh, so what, there was one production guy that was really good when he started. He was a young guy really good did a great job i was like really excited and then all of a sudden i started seeing him like on his phone just sitting at the desk after you know he's like and i'd be like hey do you where, what do you do you got some orders he's like no i did all the okay well you got time to lean you got time to clean you know or right something, yeah <laughs> or something like that or could could you have come to me and and asked or somebody yeah and said, hey i'm done what can i, can I do? help yeah yeah for sure or you're you just gonna sit here and you know, scroll social media on my dime, you know, I mean, that was the, that was the red flag. Yeah. Um, and I should have been like, you know, and we did, we did actually end up writing him up. Um, but literally like he started, he called in a couple times, he did a no call, no show. Um, and then we were going to write him up for that. Um, I think that was actually where we it was a fireable offense. And then the next day he just was like, yeah, I'm not gonna, not gonna be back. Thanks. And we were like, oh my gosh, had we put that process <laughs> into place a little earlier, perhaps yeah. we could have had somebody at least had the ad running for sure. Started looking who, at, yeah, yeah, uh, have someone on deck form. for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, so we shot ourselves, well, I shot ourselves in the foot in that regard. And it took us a long time to finally get somebody in DTG that's relatively reliable. And sure. Um, you know, and they're not perfect. And, um, but, they're 
they know the machines, they're hard worker, yeah. you know, and, and it's, it's worked out for us. Sure. Um, but it took a long time to find that person. Yeah. And I'll say too, like, I think any, almost, almost anybody has the capability of interviewing well or knocking an interview mm. out of the park. You know what I mean? It's a one time, yeah. maybe 30 minute interaction where you're presenting your best self and if you've interviewed a lot you know the right answers and you know what people want to hear like uge it's easy mm -hmm. to interview uh, i worked for a company before i got into print on demand um it was you know a surveillance company where we there were lots of techs that would be hired mm -hmm. and before i left i was trying to implement a kind of like a, a a monitoring process that's not the right word i'm looking for but like a a trial period for these techs because they'd interview really well and then you'd get out there and you know one guy in particular i kept having to schedule people to go fix his mistakes and i said dude what is going on like i don't understand why we're having to fix your mistakes so much and that he said and i said well do me a favor tell me how this is supposed to be connected and he stuck he started connecting different colored wires to different colored wires and i said that's not the same color turns out he was colorblind right we could have <laughs> avoided that had we had some kind of test or some kind of like you know preventative thing like hey we need to know these things another guy got on a job site called me said he was going to quit i said why he said because he has a fear of heights we didn't ask that question but they're on ladders all day right <laughs> so of course if the dude's on a 16 foot ladder running wire through a shopping mall he's going to probably if he has a fear of heights not be very comfortable we should have asked that question so right, it's a lot right. of those things of like establishing those kind of dating periods as it were to where mm -hmm. you know they might ace the interview but then give them 30 days and and you know put them through the ring or give them responsibility you know do all of that stuff and just see how they hold up before you really just go wholesale all in on that person because you just you just never know interviews aren't always the best indicator um of of performance i guess is what yeah. i'm trying to say it's a long-winded yeah. explanation of of that yeah so hire slowly and uh fire quickly or so you get nothing that's right that's right and you can avoid all of the emotional, emotional damage of having to rehire a thousand times exactly uh, all right so the next one here would be activity is not equal to growth and travis you put a sub point on this of work on your business not in it so why mm -hmm. is this something that you wish you knew before you had you kind of dove into the to the industry I mean, it's, it's probably not fair to say, I wish I knew this before I got into the industry because Michael Gerber has been talking about this for years for, with his sure. e myth book. Um, and the idea is, is very simple. You don't, as the owner, as the owner, you want to be working on your business. You want to be built, building it, you know, scaling yeah. it, doing things that are going to increase revenue, um, increase efficiencies, uh, scaling out, um, operational benefits, you know, things yeah. like things of that nature, as opposed to working in your business, actually, um, making the products or answering the customer's emails or, you know, I mean, if you can maybe limit that to a certain point or part of your day, and then the rest of your day is working on your business. Um, I haven't even mastered this. I just think it's so, it's kind of one of those things that, before you go into any business, your goal should be to get to a point that you're not the one 
doing all of the stuff. Sure. Um, that's why we talk so much about virtual assistants and, yep. you know, adding those people and having SOPs, standard operating procedures for people to come on and help take away those things that are in your business so that you as the owner can work on your business and, you know, creating the SOPs, creating new SOPs for new ways to uh, bring in revenue. Um, if, if you're having to answer all the things and put out all the orders and, uh, you know, print all the labels and all of that stuff in your business, you're not going to have any time to do all of those other things. Right. Uh, so, and obviously we have a wide range of people from solopreneurs to people who have employees, um, yeah. people who have virtual assistants. And so, you know, your mileage may vary with this advice, <laughs> but my goal is for you is to put into place ways in which you are slowly working yourself out of a job, so to speak. Sure, sure. Getting out of the way because there's always more to do for the owner. There's always, you can, and you can put out as many fires as you want. And that whole activity is not equal to growth. It's a hundred percent sure or hundred percent true because you're just doing a bunch of stuff. You're answering emails, you're doing, you know, you're printing, you're, answering questions from your staff. You're doing all of these things. Yeah. And before long, the day is over and you have done nothing <laughs> to further your business. You've just, you've just maintained your business. Yeah. And if you know anything about the laws of the universe, you are either <laughs> growing or you are dying. Yeah. There is no maintaining. That's a yeah. lie that we tell ourselves. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's good. Oh, um, yeah, so let's let's go to the the next one. The importance of creativity. Um, I I think this one is important because if you get into print on demand and you want to sell on Etsy or Amazon, mm -hmm. and you don't know the importance of creativity, you you may think that you can copy someone else's idea. You might mm -hmm. think you can throw out a bunch of Yellowstone T-shirts. And have no repercussion uh, of of listing those for sale. The reality is, is there's there's some stuff that is copywritten that mm -hmm. you can't just go out there and make a bunch of friends TV show shirts. You can't. And, and my wife can attest to that. She tried that on Etsy and got her hand slapped very sternly. That <laughs> was terrible. Um, <laughs> little PTSD. But no, it just goes. I mean being creative and coming up with your own unique ideas on, on what to sell, researching yeah. what's popular. Do you want to make, you know, t-shirts based on knock, knock jokes? I mean, that's kind of public domain, right? I guess knock, knock jokes. Uh, mm -hmm. And you want to make designs based off of that, which by the way, I'm just going to say this right now. I think the person who invented knock, knock jokes deserves a Nobel prize. Time for the weekly dad joke. <laughs> hey, we weren't going to forget it again, folks. We forgot it on our last episode and we endured great shame uh, for, <laughs> for doing that. It was awful. But uh, mm -hmm. there you go. There's this week's dad joke. But seriously, I mean, yep. researching what's popular, but then making your own designs that are mm -hmm. quality based off of that and not piggybacking off of what someone else is doing. It just sets you up for success in the long run. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to be creative and, um, and so there's the, there's kind of this fine line between researching and copycatting 
you know, if you will. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, there's a lot of people that go out and they go, Ooh, that's a great idea. I'm going to take that phrase and I'm just going to put a different thing on it. Right. And you know, there's, it's, that's kind of a gray area. You know, some people are like, yeah, that's totally fine. Other people are like, Oh, that's, that's horrible. That's the worst thing ever. Um, I, I kind of, I kind of land in the middle of that, but I do agree with those who say, make your own freaking design, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah for have sure. your own ideas. There's nothing wrong with like going after a specific niche, sure. um, you know, and uh, you know, you want to be, you want to do a bunch of things in the fisherman niche. You're probably, even if you're hundred percent creative, you're probably going to design something that's similar to somebody else's thing. Sure. Just, just because there's nothing new under the sun, you know, technically um, we're, you know, there's only so many things you can do about fish, you know, and fishing yeah. and all of that stuff. So there's probably going to be some cross. There's only there. so many anglers you can take on that particular. Nah. <laughs> Time for the weekly dad joke. That's a twofer. Yeah, it just, twofer. Come, just comes to me. How can I say? I'm not even a dad yet. All right. Anyway, continue. <laughs> That's great. I loved it. That was <laughs> that was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I, all I'm all I'll say about that is, um, you know that the creativity side of it kind of goes with the like researching what's popular and then designing yeah. for that thing. But it also yeah. goes with, like you said, the copyrights, um, you know, certain phrases are copyrighted mm -hmm. and, um, any more Etsy or Amazon, they're not necessarily just slapping your hand. They are crushing your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> they're um, stepping on a your lot throat. Of yeah. And yeah. so you, you really want to be careful with that because you have an asset. It's called your Etsy account or your yes. Amazon account. That is an yeah. asset. And, um, but you don't own it. <laughs> Unfortunately, you are playing in their sandbox and yep. they can take their toys and go home and kick you out of their sandbox the moment you trip up. So, um, the importance of creativity is literally a lifeline when you're talking about these channels, because if you don't, if you aren't creative um, and you do infringe on somebody's trademark or their copyright, um, you very quickly could find yourself with no channels to sell all of these things, uh, all of these products on, um, except yeah. maybe your own. And even then you can get a cease and desist letter. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know Disney just went hog wild recently sending all kinds of cease and desist letters all yeah. over, not just to Etsy, but like to individual sites that people were doing, um, you know, selling infringing on their property. So don't mess with the mouse, you know, yeah, don't do it. And if you are doing it, you might have to re rethink what you're doing and kind of go a different direction and, uh, mm. just avoid all of those, all of those things. So the last one we'll do here is Customer service has a place, even when drop shipping. Mm -hmm. um, I think there there might be. I mean, coming into it, you don't really think if you're drop shipping, if you have someone else produce your stuff, maybe customer service isn't something that's even on your grid, right? Because right? you you're not handling the production, you're not handling the shipping times, you're not handling any of that. So, why would you then be responsible? The reality is is that the customer does not care who your dropshipper is. They don't know your dropshipper. They know right. you and they know your mm -hmm. store. Um, I used to work for Verizon and we were an indirect dealer, which means that we had certain permissions and other things that we could not do as an indirect agent. We couldn't, you know, do uh, pay people's bills or, or do some stuff that was like only corporate stores could do. That wasn't, that was a bad example. But the point is there's stuff that we couldn't do. Mm -hmm. And when,
service outage in our area and those people came up to me and they wanted me to fix something that unbeknownst to them was outside of their parameters i couldn't say hey sorry we're not verizon because mm. to them it's all the same they see the logo they see the sign that's all they care about it's the same thing with people who are shopping your store online they don't care if your fulfillment guy is travis at right. Mark design they don't care if it's Joe Schmo from Printify. Shout out to Joe Schmo if you're li listening. They don't care if it's Printful. They just don't care. Mm. Um, so you have to be ready and armed with information about the order process, about where their, where their package is. You have to know this information because when they have a question, they will go to you. And if you try and pass it off, your shop is going to get so poorly rated <laughs> by the right. people who shop there. You will not have a long uh, life in the e-commerce space if you don't, yeah. if you think you can get away without doing any customer service. Yeah, totally. I mean, last week um, we kind of rebroadcast an episode uh, all about customer service. So yeah. um, if you listened last week or if you haven't listened yet, um, there's a lot to... A lot to be said about. It. I actually went back and listened to it, and you know what, Josiah, we're we're not dumb people. We we're do we know smart. what we're talking about? <laughs> we do a little bit. Um, wow. Yeah, we, right. we talk about like using scripts. Um, sure. You know when certain things happen, and because um, there's a lot of different scenarios that you can find yourself in, and yeah. um, it does matter. You you need to the idea from you know just kind of a overview of what we were talking about last week is that you have to. You have to be able to massage the words in such a way that your customer comes away feeling like they, that they, the, the thing that they were asking for, there was a, uh, a justified sure. reason for it happening and, or, um, they have justice in the resolution somehow sure. yeah. they have to feel good about vindicated. The yeah. Feel yeah. good about what, and what you they came have to you be, for. Yeah, you have to be able to communicate that to them in a in a way. Um, so if you're not a writer, get one. And uh, yeah, because <laughs> um, you need to be able to communicate that most likely in the written word. Yeah. But it's just as important, like you said, for drop shippers as it is for anyone else. Yep. Um, you know, you are in the customer service business because without the customers, you don't have a business. Right. <laughs> That's how yeah. it works. Yeah, that's 100 percent how it works. And and you know, uh I think it's it's pretty um you know timely that we rebroadcast that episode because every year, Q1, mm -hmm. January, it's earned the nickname Returnuary for a reason. Uh <laughs> whether you're drop shipping, whether you do production in-house, you are probably dealing with a an increase in customer service requests, whether it's returns right. or questions or breakage or whatever. So you're going to have to be ready for that, even if you are just drop shipping. So, uh, and then I guess we, we have one more, we have one more bonus thing. Uh, it's a bonus. It's a bonus. If you're going to trade shows, make sure you have a road wife. Okay. That's, that's a free one. That's a no, free one. no one knows what you mean by that, but okay. The more, you know, so what that means <laughs> It's really, it's really, and so Travis and I are each other's road wives when it comes to these types of events. There's, we've we've done many trips together mm -hmm. to very various trade shows and conferences around, around Amazon and print on demand and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, just have a travel buddy like Toy Story. Got my moving buddy. You gotta have 
Okay. Someone that you can take with you that, you know, maybe they're in the industry, maybe they're not, but someone to, to take in the information, help you kind of, uh, process and then, you know, keep you standing up straight in the extracurricular activities that may take place when the trade show is over and you're just having a good time. <laughs> let, let, let me just say that I don't feel like the actual bonus tip <laughs> was make sure you have a road wife when you attend trade shows. I think the bonus tip was actually go to trade shows. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that if you do, the bonus for the bonus is, you know, make sure you have someone you can go with. Um, yeah. A, a road wife, as it were, or a yes. road husband, depending sure. on your gender. Sure. That was awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, that is the the real bonus is trade shows. Um, they're yeah. awesome. You'll learn a lot. It, You know, Travis and I have told the story at nauseum about our yeah. Portland experience. So it is just, it's so well worth it. So come on out but, to Cali next week. Yeah, we the, will join us. We will be there. Uh, shoot us a message on the Facebook group. DM us on Instagram if you're going to be in the area. Uh, Mike, Uncle Mike, don't DM us. We know you're going to be there, okay? Just, we know. <laughs> We've already talked about it. So don't, if I get a message from you. Uh, anyway, so, no, message us and um, let us know. We'd love to hang out. Love to see you. Love to meet you. Uh, and, and you know, break bread, as it were, with you guys. So, Travis, anything else before we wrap this up, uh, This this 11 things we wish we knew? There's probably more things. Yeah, that there probably is a lot more. <laughs> it's yeah. probably very, very true. But I don't so, know that I need to know them yet. So we'll have to come back hey, to that. You don't know what you need. You don't know what you need to know when you don't know what you need. Yeah. Or so something. Like it, that. it is what it is. So, I yeah, I mean, this will be an annual thing. We'll just uh, revisit this and add, you know, 22 things we wish we knew. Uh, <laughs> it'll be a two-parter at that point. But, hey, if you guys want to reach out to Attention us. Attention hotline fans. There are a couple of ways to do that. You can, of course reach out to us printondemandcast.com slash facebook is where we are uh where the community is where the conversation is it's a private group uh you do have to answer a series of questions answer those questions if you neglect to answer the questions we will neglect to approve you We're, it just has to be done we need to know what your intentions are with this community that we have cultivated <laughs> on facebook so uh answer the questions and send a request and we'll be happy to to uh you know add you to to the community we're also on youtube and instagram printodemandcast.com slash youtube slash instagram is where you can go to uh reach us on those platforms lots of content being scheduled out folks 2023 we found a secret sauce tool that maybe we'll talk about some other time and uh, fill you in but lots of content lots of clips being added there's also going to be a lot of stuff happening on our instagram because uh when we go to long beach we are going to be creating some content that is very friendly to reels and to Instagram stories. So you're going to want to be a part of that journey as well. Just brace yourselves in two weeks for an inordinate amount of Long Beach, California content. If you don't go to Long Beach, you will feel like you have been there when we document everything from the flight there to the flight home <laughs> for you guys. So <clears throat> be sure to follow us there as well. If Social media isn't your thing. You hate it. I get it. You can email us, info at printedemancast.com is where you can reach out to us and still let your questions be known, your suggestions, your advice, whatever you guys want to chat with us about, you can email it there as well. And as always, wherever there are podcasts, the PODcast is there for your listening pleasure. We just ask if you happen to be using the Apple Podcast app that I will forever refer to as iTunes, leave us a, a review and a rating and let us know what you think of the show. 
Uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like, your favorite dad joke, et cetera, whatever it is. We just want to hear from you and we love the feedback. And what it really does is helps this content get in front of the people who need to hear it. So on that note as well, feel free to share this episode. There's a share button on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. Share this, text it to your friends, post it to your own Facebook. If this is information you feel like more people need to hear that you know, please do so. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. So uh, mm -hmm. I think, Travis, I think I hit all of the notes there, and uh, we're ready to wrap this up, and we're under an hour officially. It's going to be impressive. So <laughs> Nicely done. We did a great yeah, job. We did. We 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 win this episode. So thank you guys so much until next week for Travis. I'm Josiah. We'll see you next time right here on the print on demand cast. See ya. Hey babe. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the print on demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the totally tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at print on Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure.